Hey Pioneers, welcome to episode number 287. So in today's episode, I'm gonna be sharing with you some tips as well as my story with fitness. Now, being a homesteader and being raised on a farm, when you are raising livestock, or maybe you're not even raising livestock, maybe you're just doing gardening, but there's a lot of a self-sufficient lifestyle that requires you being able to move or needing to move to dig things to pull up things to do weeding if you have livestock there's usually fence building if you've got you know chickens you've got your coop and whatnot but if you have cattle or pigs or goats or sheep you've got fence fencing to do you are probably lifting some type of bags of feed up you're carrying feed like gardeners and homesteaders live a fairly physical lifestyle. And a lot of the reason that uh, many of us are wanting to become more self-sufficient is for health reasons. Many of you know my story. I shared quite a bit about it actually in my newest YouTube video. And I also have a three-part series. Episode number 126 is part one. And that was how I quit my stomach acid medications and was able to heal myself naturally. And a large portion of that was by the foods that I was and or wasn't, as you'll know if you listen into that episode, eating. But the other aspect of being healthy is the physical aspect. And that's one that we don't often talk about quite as much, or I don't hear as much of that being talked about in kind of our homesteading sphere. So if you are in my membership, the Pioneering Today Academy, then many of you guys know from there, I've done some different things in the past that I was before COVID, because right now we don't have any in-person fitness centers are open right now at the time of this recording, but I actually taught a fitness class. I was a fitness instructor at our local fitness area. And fitness has been a part of my life for a very long time, but I've went through some different things with my health to get to where I am today. And many of you have asked for help with that or have asked me what that looks like and what I'm doing now and kind of how I got to where I am now versus back then. So I'm just going to kind of start at the beginning. This is something that I have not, I have never really shared this publicly before. And honestly, as I sat down to hit record for this episode today, I needed to get it recorded so we could get it to be edited and out on time to you guys. I kind of sat here staring at the screen before I brought up all my recording stuff for probably a good five minutes before I could actually hit start. When I was in high school, and I'm going way back now starting, starting the story of this journey, when I was in high school, I suffered from an eating disorder. I had bulimia. And thankfully, my mom caught it and I had some friends who knew what was going on and I got help and it wasn't damaging to my health. I wasn't bulimic for very long, but I have always, I don't want to say a fascination because that sounds weird, but I've always been very conscious of, and if any of you, I hope I should have probably prefaced this with a trigger. So if you have dealt with body image stuff or eating disorders you may or may not want to continue listening. This is a, a story with a good ending, and I hope that it will give people some tips if they've ever struggled with this. And maybe you've not struggled with this at all, and you just want to have some tips um, to be able to consistently work out and find a workout that is good for you and something that you can do long term if you've ever struggled with the you start a workout and then you just never stick with it type thing. But my story does begin at this point. 
So I was able to get help and I have not had that eating disorder for decades now because I am 40 now. And that was when I was in my very early teen years. But I have had to make a very conscious effort to not put my validation on my weight and to not let myself get into that control and obsessive uh, mindset with that and to really switch the way that I look at things um, and not and what health means. So I went through that and then, as I mentioned, I was able to get help and, and a lot of those types of things. And so after high school in my, I didn't go to college. I did do running start. So I went to some college courses while I was still in high school. But then after high school, I graduated and I got married at 18. And my husband and I are still married. And I started a job at our local pharmacy. That's how I got into pharmacy. Well, I was also a cheerleader in high school, which... <laughs> has lots of different opinions on that, let me tell you. And there could be prejudices, but I was very active. So I had cheerleading practice. I also barrel raced. So I was training and riding horses as well as having cheer practice, um, you know, almost every night of the week and then games. So I went from that to then working. And because I wasn't in school and I didn't have all these turnouts, I didn't really work out. And Within a couple of years, I went up a few pants sizes and I realized if I don't start working out again, then I just am going to need to be comfortable with this. And I knew that I didn't want to fall back on old habits of just food control in order to stay healthy. So I started working out and just worked out at home. We've always lived very rurally, so there was never any local gyms or anything like that. And way back in the day when I started working out, it was with a VHS tape. It was um, it was a Billy Blanks and it was like a kickboxing workout on VHS. And so that's what I started to do because I think it was kind of in the fall and the winter time. And so like going for a run or something outside wasn't wasn't really. And I have to tell you, I I don't like to run. And this is going to be my first tip. If you are wanting to begin a physical fitness routine, which I think everybody should, do not do something that you hate because you are never, ever going to stick to it. So if you hate running, my friend, do not pick that as your workout. You will never continue with it, ever. And life is too short to do something that we hate. Okay, so that's my point one. Now, the next thing is, is many of us, myself included, for a number of years would do the thing where you would start a workout program. Maybe it's a New Year's resolution. Maybe it's wanting to get in shape for summertime when usually you're wearing less clothes because it's hot out. Whatever it might be, a certain event. Oftentimes, we will start doing either a different way of eating in order to try to lose weight or some type of fitness exercise regimen. And then when we hit our goal, then we kind of stop. Or maybe you're doing a certain program because there's lots of different programs you can do. And then when you get to the end of a program, maybe it's an eight-week program or a 12-week program or whatever, then you're like, oh, well, I did the program. And then you kind of stop. Or for whatever reason, you just stop working out. It's kind of like with healthy eating and you do that yo-yo dieting. A lot of times that happens with fitness. 
people will start to work out and then they'll stop. And I did that on and off for a number, number of years. You know, I had work, I was working outside the home and commuting and trying to do everything. And I just didn't keep up with my workouts. So I have a long history of that. So if you have that, I want to give you hope in ways that I have found that I have been able to keep with my fitness routine and then let you know what that fitness routine is now in hopes that you will get some good tips from that. So it was almost 10 years ago now that my health really took that dive bomb and I've shared with you and I had the stomach ulcers and acid and was had my esophagus and upper stomach biopsied for cancer. So that was when I really got a handle on my foods and I got that figured out. Well, about two to three years into that, my thyroid started to go. So I developed um, a mild case, I like to say, of hypothyroidism. So that means that my thyroid was low. My levels were low. My thyroid wasn't working as it should be. Um, I also had some adrenal gland issues, which your your thyroid and your adrenal gland and your pituitary gland, like those all kind of work work together. And so when one goes off, it can affect the others. And I started losing my hair in huge handfuls. And I've always had long hair. If you see any of my YouTube videos or my pictures now, you see that my hair is quite long. And so there was a period of time when I was losing so much hair and my hair was like falling out that I had it cut very short. Like it was above my shoulders, a little bit below my chin. And the reason that I had it cut like that is because it was falling out and breaking so much that I couldn't keep it long. And that was kind of my first my first indicator. I was also exhausted all the time. And so there was no way, even when I felt like I was getting a good night's sleep, I had no energy. There were a few mornings, I remember when it was really bad right before I went and got help. And sometimes you just are like, it's, it seems to be gradual or you're just like, oh, I'm just kind of making a big deal out of this. And so I just kind of kept putting it off, like telling myself, oh, I'm fine, you know, like, oh. And I remember one morning I'd gotten up and was getting ready for work, getting the kids ready. And I was going to put the clothes out on the line and I had gotten normal sleep. I mean, it's not like I was, you know, coming off of like a two hour night sleep or something like that. I, you know, I was getting regular sleep. And I remember I was trying to put the clothes out on the line before I had to leave for work and the kids were getting ready. I needed to drop them off at my mom's before I left. And I remember being so tired, literally like bone weary, exhausted that it was all I could do not to just lay down on our cement patio, which is where my clothesline is stretched out over it and, and just lay there. And I remember I just wanted, I didn't even have the energy to cry. I'm like, I am just so tired. It's a tiredness that it's an exhaustion that goes down into your bones. That's very different than just being like, oh, I'm tired. Like I've been really busy. I didn't sleep well last night. And then it was coupled with, as I shared, like my hair falling out and um, some different skin skin issues, really dry skin, just different things like that. Always being cold, which of course, if you do any Googling, you'll know that those are signs of a light thyroid. And we had a neighborhood get together. And one of my best friends from high school, whom I hadn't seen in about six months, she was at the event. And when I walked up to her, she looked at me and she said, what has happened to your hair, what is going on? And like I said, she was one of my best friends. So she wasn't saying that to be mean. But when she said that, I realized it wasn't in my head. I wasn't imagining things that something really was going on, that it was that big of a difference in the six months time that it started to happen, that 
it was shocking to her. And she was like, what on earth is going on with you? So I finally went in, got some lab work done, started seeing a naturopath and got on a low dose of Armour thyroid, which is a natural, not a synthetic form of thyroid medication to help get my thyroid levels back up and things functioning. And it helped. I mean, it was amazing how fast it helped. Now, since then, I have actually been able to taper off. As I said, my thyroid levels were slightly low. My symptoms were more severe, actually, than what my thyroid levels saw by looking at the lab. And that's even what my naturopath said. She said, your symptoms are quite severe, but your blood levels are just slightly off. So I say that because I know a lot of people have asked me, well, I want to be able to get off my thyroid medication. How did you do it? And everybody is different. Like your levels are are going to be different. And mine was not a severe case. And so with the years of just which I'm sure I've shared with you guys before on increasing my gut health, eating different foods that were organic and not processed and whole food is nature and really focusing on all the elements of health. And yes, exercise did have a part of that. And I'll share that with you. And obviously in this episode in a little bit more detail, um, but I share that with you because I can't say you just do the exact same things I do. You may never be able to get off your thyroid medication, but you might be. And it took a number of years of me doing these, making those changes and sticking to them. Um, not all the time. Nobody's a hundred percent. I don't know anybody that's a hundred percent, but for a good majority of the time, keeping my eating habits that way and doing that gut health and doing those healing items enough that I was able to come off. And I've been off of it now for almost six months and I still feel really good. So back to the exercise portion. So I, at that point, I would try to work out, but I didn't even hardly have enough energy to get through the day. And if I did try to work out, I would get in about 10 minutes and I literally just, I couldn't keep going. I would just have to stop. So that was a period where I really did not do any type of workout at all um, until I was able to get back on the thyroid or not back on, but get on thyroid medication and get that part worked out. Um, And then I started exercising again. So I have now been exercising four to five days a week consistently for over, gosh, let me think here, for over four years. And prior to that, like I said, it was kind of start and stop, start and stop all the time. Wouldn't do it and then would start again and then wouldn't do it and fall off. And this is where I found what has really made a huge difference. First off is when I was first starting back, I started doing something called PIO. So it was created by Shalene Johnson and it's a beach body workout. So if you, I am not a beach body coach, I'm not affiliated with them in any way. Let me just put that out there. But you can, Beach Body has a ton of different exercise programs. So it's an online um, app and you can get a, a membership and you could go through all the programs. Like they've, if you've ever heard of like P90X, Insanity, 80 Day Obsession, I'm trying to think like they have a ton of Turbo Jam. That's another one of Shalene's. They have all these different like fitness instructors who do a bunch of programs. They have a bar one, which is like a ballet bar workout. And you can go in and pick one of those workouts and you have access to all of these workouts and then you can just stream them online. They used to sell them like DVDs, which is how I first started. Actually, my husband and I bought um, the Insanity and then we bought T25, which is by Sean T. We have those. Yes, we're that old school. Moved up from the VHS, but a DVD format. Um, And then I finally decided that that was the problem is I would do one of those 
and I would do it like the whole program, which would take you through so many weeks and then I would be done. And so it's like you either just keep doing the same program, which to me got really, really, really boring. And some of the programs are super intense. If you've ever done, um, I have not done P90X. I've done a few of the workouts, but I haven't done the whole program. But if you've ever done the program like Insanity, you know, it's, it's really high intense uh, workout. It's a hit. So high intensity um, training is what it is, a hit workout. And it is a, a lot to do um, week in and week out, like all the time. So that was kind of the, the issue is I would just start with those. And then after I got done with it, I'm like, I can't do another week of this. I'm going to go crazy. Or I just reached the part where my body was like, I need a break. So when I first started working back out, I started with Pio, which you can get on Beachbody that was done by Shalene Johnson. What it is, is it is a low impact, not high intensity, and it is cardio with strength training that uses flexibility. So I have tried to do Pilates in the past, and I have to be honest, I do not have the attention span or the patience to sit and pulse one movement for like 100 times. Um, I also find like stretching and flexibility using different yoga poses, which I know that there are differing thoughts and opinions, even among Christians of doing yoga. So when I say yoga, I would use the moves for stretching, but I am not practicing the meditation part of yoga. So I know everybody has their opinion on that, and I'm sure somebody will come back with it with a judgment on me on that one. But I, the I have. Where I am at with my walk with the Lord, I am fine if I'm doing a downward dog stretch and then moving into something else. So I'm just going to put that out there. But what it does is it uses the yoga poses and some Pilates poses, but it is in a low impact where you're moving. You're not holding the poses for like a minute. You're holding them and then you're moving and flowing into the next one. So you get an increased heart rate. You're not doing a bunch of jumping around and you're using your own body weight. So you are getting strength training. And that was a gentle way for me to get back into exercise without raising my adrenaline levels and really taxing my adrenal glands. And so I did that and I loved it so much and was able to stick to it for so long without feeling drained and that I could do it, that I ended up becoming an instructor and I got my certification as a Pio Live fitness instructor. So I taught that at our local fitness center for, I want I can't remember now if it was like almost two years that I was instructing. It was well over a year and a half before the pandemic hit and then uh, the local fitness inst- uh, area that I taught out shut down. That was finding something that I enjoyed. And that's my, my thing for you is you have to find something that you enjoy and that you can do long term. The other thing is, is I purchased the Beachbody On Demand membership. I want to say it's like less than $9 a month, at least the program that I got in when I, and it, it just, I grandfathered in at whatever that price is. I don't think it's that much more now, or you can kind of catch it on a sale. So especially like if you're looking at it, you can go to their website. I think it's just beachbody.com. Um, and then <laughs> see people like to complain about ads showing up, but I kind of love them. I don't mind that I get tracked. And here's why. If you go to the website, see what the price is, And then usually if you don't buy, you will get an ad in your Facebook feed within a couple of days that will give you a discount code. 
I use this a lot, you guys. So I have no problem with the tracking. I'm like, yes, give me a coupon code, please, because you see that I did not purchase when I went to your website, but I was interested in this item. Doesn't bother me a bit. I've saved quite a bit of money that way. So anyways, that would be my suggestion. If you want to go check out the different programs that they have, you can do so. Um, and oftentimes they'll give a really good coupon code if you buy the annual. But this is the reason I share that is because I am the type of person who uh, I'm usually very frugal and I'm wise with my money. And if I pay for something, I am going to get my money's worth out of it. So by buying that membership, I'm like, there is no way that I am not going to work out because then I have wasted that money. So that was really the trigger. And that's where I, I got the PIO was through there was that was one of the workouts through there. And that's where I started. So I know myself well enough that I will not spend money on something and then not use it, especially something like that, where it's a reoccurring fee. So that was where I first started about five years ago. Now, after about six months of doing the PIO, I loved the PIO. And as I said, I became an instructor and was teaching that. But I got to the point where I was, when I first started, oh my goodness, it was pitiful. I couldn't even hardly hold a downward dog strength wise. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I'm like, after a while, I'm like, Whew, this is really hard on the upper body. It's not, but that's how weak I was. <laughs> And so I built up my strength. And then after as well, like, OK, I, I kind of want to do some other things. I don't want to give this up, but I don't want to do it every day. And that was my my thought thing to myself is four to five days a week. I needed to work out. But here was the tip that I want to give you is I had to do it for this is my self-imposed rule. Some people will say less or more, but I had to work out for 10 minutes. If after 10 minutes, I didn't feel like working out anymore, I could quit. And that was fine. And I will tell you, I still hold myself to that. And after doing that for almost five years, I think there has only been two times that I have started to work out and I've got to the 10 minute mark and I have stopped. And there was, uh, there's just been a couple of times one day I wasn't really feeling that well. And one day I'm just like, I just don't have the energy and I just call and it quits. Um, but most of the time, once you start getting into it, even if you only tell yourself, I only have to do this for five or 10 minutes, once you're into the workout, then you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep going. So I don't do super long workouts. I usually do between 30 and 35 minute workouts. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what my routine looks right now and how that has been for the past almost five months now. But prior to that, I would just do a 30 minute workout, give or take a little bit. And that was about it. I, I didn't do the like one hour workouts. So I started finding other things besides the pio and I would kind of mix it up. So I would maybe do like a high intense cardio workout one day and then I would maybe do some strength training and I would kind of just do some varying so that it kept it fun and it kept it not being the same thing all the time. That was really key for me so that I didn't get bored. But now it's been so many years that it is definitely a habit. It's something I'm just like, okay, and I set my times like I need to get this work, you know, I need to, these are the times that I have available to work out. And if you're commuting outside the home um, or you have a job outside the home, I know with the pandemic, things are a little bit different. But if I have that kind of set consistency, like this is the same time every day that I do this, then it becomes like that it's a trigger. And in the episode prior to this one, 286, where we're talking about organizing and decluttering, having those triggers is really key to actually making a habit. So a habit is something we do reflexively. And so to create that, it has to be something like you brush your teeth every morning because 
not because it's on your schedule, but you just always brush your teeth or there's certain things that we always do. And that's when it's a habit when you don't have to think about it. So when I first started is in the morning, I would get dressed in my workout clothes. And even better is the night before I would go to sleep with my sports bra on. So when I got up in the morning, I already had part of the gear on. And if I got dressed in my workout clothes, then I was just one more step closer to working out. So that has worked really well for me in the beginning. The other thing was, as I told myself, you only have to do 10 minutes. Now, some people will tell themselves, I only have to do five minutes. And if you have not ever worked out before, you may only do five or 10 minutes. And that is completely fine. But it's the consistency. It's the little things that we do every single day that lead up to be big changes in our life. And just with like healthy eating and with working out, it needs to be something that's a part of our life, not something we're just doing for a short period of time. So this past summer, as I said, I have never been a runner. My husband trained for a half marathon a while back, and I would run with him for a little bit to be supportive, but I've never enjoyed running. However, I have been running four to five days a week since the end of August, except for the week of Christmas and New Year's. I didn't, I only went a couple of times due to weather and just the holidays. So I enjoy running now, but I didn't used to. And what I have found really interesting is what I like now about running. When I say running, it is a jog, my friends. I am not sprinting. And I have found even now being off my thyroid medication that I still have to be careful with high intensity workouts. So doing real high intense cardio I can do it a couple of days a week, but if I try to do it for the five days a week and I want to move and to be working out five days a week because I, it's a stress reliever and I sleep so much better on the days that I work out and I'm not nearly as grumpy or anxious or any of those things when I work out. And so I need that to be a consistency in my life. And sometimes, some weeks I do more um, and sometimes I'll, you know, do six days and just take like Sunday off. It just kind of depends. So what I do now is in the mornings, Monday through Thursday and or Monday through Friday, excuse me, I usually will do a steady state cardio jog in the morning and I do about two and a half to three miles and I'll kind of just go by how much time I have or how I'm feeling that day, but it's usually two and a half to three miles and I will listen to a podcast. Usually it's always a podcast, actually, but I will save it. And what I like about that is if I'm trying to do like a high intensity workout or something like that, I can't listen to a podcast and actually focus on it or like an audiobook. But if it's just jogging at a mild pace, so I am getting my heart rate up, I try to keep my heart rate between um usually about 130 beats per minute in that steady state cardio when I'm jogging. So you might be able to do that with a fast paced walk. It just kind of depends on where you're at. But that's my goal based on my age and all those other fun things for my, my steady state cardio. But when you're in that steady state cardio, instead of the high intensity cardio, I am not increasing adrenaline and cortisol levels. And so I found that I can stay in it and I can do it consistently consistently without feeling exhausted or that I'm really taxing my adrenal glands and my thyroid because I've had problems with them in the past. I also find that I actually really enjoy it and I have never, ever enjoyed running before, 
which is why I didn't do it for so long. But now I've got that that trigger and I save specific podcasts. And so I only get to listen to them when I'm out for my run. So it's kind of like that reward trigger as well. And so I do that in the morning and then I do late weightlifting. I can't even speak there. Weightlifting in the afternoon. And I usually only weightlift about four days a week. And then on the fifth or sixth day, that's when I will go and I will do a pyo workout to make sure I'm keeping my flexibility. And I just really enjoy it. I find it. Um, I just love the way that I feel after I'm done doing a pyo workout. I love it. It's obviously it's one of my favorite things. So I'll still do that once a week and then I'll do the weight training. And I used to do different things of weights, like while you're doing cardio to try to combine it together. But I found if I am just doing the weight training in the afternoon when I can break it up. And so it's hard for me to find a full hour to do anything. But if I can do a 30 minute jog walk in the morning and then in the afternoon, I only need to spend usually 20 to 30 minutes max on the weightlifting. But because I'm not trying to combine it with something else, I can lift heavy and I'm actually getting a lot more muscle definition and strength because I'm just focusing on the weightlifting part and I'm not trying to just do a whole bunch of reps of smaller weights while doing the cardio at the same time. So that's worked really well for me. It also breaks up my day. Even though I am working from home, a lot of what I do is recording this podcast for you guys. So I'm obviously doing that sitting at a computer. When I'm writing my books, that's at a computer. Uh, I actually do a lot of computer work more so than I did when I was working at the pharmacy. When I was working at the pharmacy, I was on the computer because I had to fill the prescriptions, run them through the computer, do the billing and all that kind of stuff. But I also had to count the prescriptions as well and then, you know, wait on people. And so it was on my feet all day, even though I was on the computer. But at home, I don't have a standing or walking desk. It's just in the corner of my kitchen. And so I find that I'm actually sitting a lot more than I used to. And so I really like breaking up my workout in to a morning time and then into a early afternoon time. And I just find that it's a, it's a great way, like I start my work day with that and then I end it. And then after that uh, workout in the evening, or not the evening, excuse me, late at mid-afternoon, it's usually about 3.30, 3.34 o'clock, I'll do the weightlifting. And then I move right into dinner prep and we have dinner and the cleanup and all the evening things that go along with that. So that has worked out really well for me, actually. Um, And so that is kind of what my workout routine looks like now. So I hope that that gives you some help. If you are curious to see what my weightlifting looks like, um, I usually will do on Mondays, I will do chest and triceps. And then on Tuesdays is leg day. So a lot of squats and lunges, but weighted with weights. And then Wednesday is back. And then on Thursday, sometimes Friday, sometimes by Thursday, I'm like, I need a pyo stretching workout. I've done a lot of lifting and I'm super sore. And so I'll do that instead. And then so it's either Thursday or Friday, depending on how sore I am. Then I will do biceps um, and shoulders. And so I just kind of focus on those body parts. And I follow that um, from Kim Constable, who is called the Sculpted Vegan. Now, y'all know I am not vegan, like no big surprise there. but she is a few years older than I am. So she's in her, I think, 42 or 43. Kim, I, I'm sure Kim does not listen to my podcast, but, <laughs> but if she does, I, I apologize for not having her age right there. But she started body weight 
lifting competitively, body lifting, sorry, that's what I was trying to get to, in her late 30s. And she is extremely fit. And I do not want to do any type of, of weight competitions, but I do want to be fit so that I can continue to live this lifestyle and lift 50 pound bags of feed by myself without having to have help or without it hurting and move the hay bales and just do all of those things. And like I said, I feel better when I'm working out. My energy level is increased, which you would think would be the opposite, but it's not. You actually have an increased energy level. Your immune system, there are studies that back this, your immune system is increased, especially within your lungs if you are doing cardiovascular exercising. And of course, weight bearing is good as we age to help keep our bones in good shape so that we don't develop, develop osteoarthritis and different things like that. My sleep is greatly improved as well as my mental as far as stress reduction and all of those things. So there's lots of reasons to work out beyond the obvious of most people look at the fitness aspect from the weight part. But I've really had to and I still have to remind myself that I am doing it for the health benefits, not just the physical. And by I am no by by no means like a bikini model or anything like that. But sometimes I think, especially with my past, um, I have to remind myself of that and really keep things focused on that I'm doing it for health and making sure that I'm not crossing over that line on the way that I'm thinking about it and that type of thing that it is with for the health part. So anyways, I hope that you have found this helpful. I just have a YouTube video releasing on showing some of the weight exercises that I do and how those relate to the specific action on the homestead. So if you're like pull starting something or you're lifting bales, or you're lifting heavy bags, which exercise you can do with the weights that will help strengthen those muscles so that you'll be able to continue to do it um, or to do it hopefully with more ease as you gain more strength. So if you want to check that out, I will have a link in the show notes for that to my YouTube channel. That video will go live on January 13th. This episode will come out a few days before that. So you can go and check out my YouTube channel and just know that that video will be coming out very shortly if you want to visually be able to see that. So I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have found it helpful. If you have more questions, please do let me know and I will do some follow-up episodes. If you are in the Pioneering Today Academy, we are having some fun videos where I'm actually doing some of my fitness teaching. So you're going to get those. So if you are an Academy member, make sure that you keep an eye out on your email and log into your library so that you can go through those if you want to. And speaking of health things, because as we know, your fitness and your diet ideally go together. I don't know who originally said this, but oh my friend, is it true? You cannot out-exercise a bad diet. So one of the things that has been very instrumental in my gut health and healing has been sourdough, fully fermented and cultured sourdough. It lowers the glycemic index of wheat products. And you can also do gluten-free sourdough as well. Many people don't realize that, but you can, and it gives it incredible flavor. I am doing a very special live sourdough training where I will be sharing how to make a sourdough starter the easy way with just two ingredients, as well as the mistakes to avoid that many people fall prey to and they'll either get a sourdough starter going, but they aren't able to maintain it or they just find it too overwhelming. So you can go to 
today's show notes, which is at melissaknorris.com forward slash 287, because this is episode number 287, melissaknorris.com forward slash 287. Um, and you will see a link there where you can sign up for this live sourdough class if you are interested. Okay, my friends, I feel like I have talked a lot here. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will be back here with you next week. Blessings in mason jars for now. Thank you.